and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host of this podcast. I am also the founder of NC Real Estate, which is my firm of surveyors, which helps property investors build commercial and mixed-use property portfolios that completely align with their goals. If you want to find out more about that, you need to head on over to nzrealestate.co.uk where you will find everything that we do. Click on all the free resources on that homepage, scroll down, and you will see that we have got loads of free resources to help you get started in commercial and mixed-use property, as well as some fantastic things that you just need to run your property portfolio with. So if you haven't already got that, head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk where you can pick that up. How are you doing this week? I hope you're all doing really, really well. I've got so many different things to talk to you about. First off, I've got things happening in the pipeline. A couple of weeks ago, I said that I wasn't going to open a SaaS for multiple reasons, and I've changed my mind. Um, After speaking to multiple SaaS administrators and deciding on one that was right for me, I've gone with retirement capital. Um, I actually think that it's a really good time for me to start my SaaS. So completely role reversal on what I was going to do ages ago. My husband can't do it. It's only me that can do it because of our different uh, countries that we are taxed in. So that's a big thing. Um, But I am currently in the process of setting my SaaS up. So very excited about that. It's going to be a tiny little pot. Uh, Let me say that I don't have these massive retirement funds to transfer in. My a property company or my company has only been running for five years. I run that and build that and grow that. So that is never much for profit on an annual basis. That is because I am growing a small firm into a big firm. Um, and so previously, there has never been anything left over to put into a pension. And my pension pots are tiny. We are talking about 14,000 to 15,000 pounds seriously. So that's all I'm going to be transferring it in. But as NC Real Estate grows, I can actually uh, put in more and more money to build that pension pot. So I'm really excited about that. So I've been working on that. Secondly, I'm negotiating on a commercial property. Yep, I'm back at it again. Um, I stopped even looking at buying property just after having Harry. There was just no time in my day for it, as well as running a business. And running a business is important because, as I've just said, running a business, building my income, building our client base, making sure that we are giving the very best, that's always the top of my priority, which means that if that makes more money, more money can go into the SaaS, more money can go into investments you know, and I can grow it that way. So I really wasn't looking um, at buying anything else, but started this month or May with a new set of goals. So this will go out on the 1st of June. So I started May with a new set of goals to start looking at commercial property again. My strategy stays the same. Secondary towns with good transport links and tenants that are going to be in the property for the next two to five years. Um, I'm looking for property where... The uppers aren't being used by the tenant, but they are um, within the lease and the whole building is let to the tenants on an FRI lease, which means I can try and take back the upper parts in a couple of years time, redevelop and then increase the value of the property. Right now, 
I am not interested in developing or doing that for myself. Um, I'm looking at growth over the next five to 10 years. Some of you who will be thinking, oh, Natasha, because you're only young and you've got time to do it. Yeah, I've got business to run. My gosh, like I have um, a standard to set with my clients. If I haven't got time to walk to the end of the earth, my clients, I'm not doing a good enough job, right? That's, that is my values, my principles in doing business. So I can't let my property portfolio come in the way of being able to do that for my clients. I can still build my uh, property portfolio and that's absolutely fine, but I don't need to be spending a huge amount of time on it at the moment. That's my choice. It is what it is, um, but certainly the way that I invest um, at the moment. So there we go. Um, the, this particular property has just come back to the market because the previous purchaser didn't know what to do with the fat. So in that time, the landlord has had an extra six months of rent and has run down the term left on the lease, obviously, because that's six months left on the lease. So it means there's less value in the property. So I'm trying to get a significant discount at the moment. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, and always remember, I'm going to put that out to you lot. Always remember this with commercial property negotiations. The less time on a, a lease has to run, the lower the value. So make sure to negotiate on that. If the seller is dragging their feet, I would always go back and try and negotiate the value down because they are getting extra rental income for the whole time that the conveyance is going through, for the whole time that the negotiations come going through, they are getting an extra income. And when you put an offer in on the property, that offer should be taking into account on the day of that property, how much rental income there is left to come in. So the more that goes into the seller's pockets rather than you as the buyer, the less the property is worth, right? So you should be negotiating a discount on that. That is my tip of the day. So it moves me very nicely on to why I think you as commercial property investors should keep putting in offers so that we can change the market. Yaha, I'm asking for us to do something as a collective. I don't have to tell you that we are in a period of inflationary times and to curb that, interest rates are rising. All you have to do is be in the market for two minutes and you will see that that's happening, which means that borrowing is far more expensive at the moment. Do I think it's going to be forever? No, the property market runs in cycles. Um, but right now we're seeing high interest rates. Um, for example, the property that I'm negotiating on, I just went out to find interest rates and lenders would like around 7.5%. Right, fine. So I know what I'm dealing with. Yes, you can get cheaper. I've just approached two to make sure that I can get it on this deal. Uh, at the point that the property goes through, if the offer is accepted, we don't know if it's going to be, I will go back out to lenders and try and get a better rate. But for now, I've just approached my regulars, sent them a quick email direct to the lender and said, what can you offer me today? And they've come back at around seven to seven and a half percent. Fine. Again, this is a tiddler unit. It falls it will, it will fall under £200,000. I think the end value I can get that property is around to four hundred dollars to $450,000. Watch this space, guys. Watch this space. Got some big plans. Um, but I, if, if the offer gets accepted, I'll tell you more about it. If it doesn't, you know, we'll move on. 
Um, alongside inflation and high interest rates, commercial property prices have been rising sharply due to historically low yields. We've seen 3.5% on offices and industrial. Even in retail, I'm seeing 5% being used. Why? Well, there's more demand for commercial property, especially from overseas investors who um, have got a, a lot of power against the pound at the moment. The pound's not particularly strong right now. Um, so there's more uh, there's more power there or strength in their own currency in order to be able to pay more money. And traditionally, the UK property market has always been uh, seen as quite a safe haven to invest in because the UK is small. There is only a small amount of land that can be developed on. And therefore, for the most part, demand will always outstrip supply, which means that there is usually always going to be an upward pressure on commercial property prices. So if you're a cash buyer, then the market is a good place for you to be right now, as you have negotiating power and can move quickly. And, you know, holding a property and putting your money there is traditionally seen as better than being in the bank. Simple as that. That's that's what we're seeing. Um, and so people would rather invest in property. So even if they push the yields down and we're getting these 3.5% to 5%, well, that is a better return than that money being in the bank and just sitting there on 0.1% or maybe 1% now. Yeah, because the base rate. But, you know, why wouldn't you put it in an investment that's you're doing three to five times that? Of course you would. Of course you would. So if you've got cash, that's what you're going to do. Um, and of course, I don't have to tell you that development is also being more ex becoming more expensive, inflation, so profit margins are becoming narrower and narrower. So for the rest of us that aren't buying in cash, we have to start adjusting our deal analysis to cope with the changes. Now, I do want to say that the majority of commercial investors buy with finance. So you are in a market of a bigger pool of people who are buying with finance. Now, we've got three options. Either we accept the changing market and take lower returns, so our net yields will be down in the 1% to 2%. Ooh, not really what we want to be doing. Or number two, we can look at our forecasts on these properties and push up the expected rental growth to show a big increase in value. I have seen big investors do this. Um, Often when the market is in the stage that it is at the moment, we're not getting the, the rents that we would have done five years ago. That's absolutely fine. But then what we're doing is betting that rents are going to go up within the next five years between buying the property and the next rent review or the next lease renewal. And we don't know how long inflationary times are going to go on for with high interest rates. Uh, you know, it could be a year and a half. It could be three years. It could be five years. Um, so in order to do that strategy, we are betting on a change rather than guaranteeing it. So that's a really risky way of thinking, OK, well, I take the hit today, but I know that it's going to be more expensive in the future. We just don't know how far in the future we're going to be able to charge higher rents. Or number three, we can negotiate the price down and be prepared to walk away if it doesn't hit our goals. And option three is ours and the market's best bet. Offering right now is a really, really good thing. The commercial property market is due a correction. 
And whilst we may not be successful in every negotiation we go into, we can be safe in the knowledge that most other investors are in the same boat. And therefore, if we try offering at the price whereby we can maintain our goal returns, slowly prices will start to reflect that. And the market will start to adjust accordingly. That is really important. So what I'm saying to you is we know the market has changed. Instead of giving up, throwing your hands in the air and going, no, woe is me as an investor. I shouldn't be doing this anymore. I can't believe the market has changed. Right? Don't do that. It's a boring sob story. I don't want to hear it. As an investor, we go and we offer what we can afford to pay. Right? If we don't get it and we're not successful, fine, we move on to the next. That is our job as investors. Shock. Our job is not to just give up. When the going gets tough, we just double down a little bit harder. That is it. That's the job. If you want to get rich, that's what you're going to have to do. Right? So I implore you that if you want to change the market, please be putting in offers at the price that works for you. There we go. That's how you're going to change the market. All right? So as a result of this podcast, go do it. Go offer to your heart's content. And eventually the market will start to adjust because everybody will be offering those kind of prices as well. We'll start to see a market shift. Now, for those of you who have bought in the last 18 months to two years and think, oh my gosh, Natasha, I bought at the top of the market. Okay. But the market will bounce back, especially in the commercial property market. I, it's, I've always seen it go in five-year cycles of up and down and up and down. You need to know that. You have to hang on. You can't just get into a property and think, <gasps> quick, make all my money in the first six months. Now I'm getting out. That's it. I made all my money back. There's no risk. My gosh, if you're doing that, there's so much risk in doing it. You have to be able to hold property for five to 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, hold it forever, whatever. But it's not property is not get rich quick. It's not. I don't think I've ever said that on this podcast. I mean, occasionally we find unicorn deals that we can get the majority of the money out. Have I been able to do that in six months? Not for a very long time. Not for a very long time. I would say not since mm, 2011. Maybe. I mean, there's people out there boasting it all the time, but in commercial property, I mean, if you can get all your your money out in five to 10 years, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Maybe you can get it all out at once, but, you know, let's be in it for the long term because what you don't want to do is have the market fall and you start panicking and flapping around like a chicken in the garden and then you make some stupid move and you lose all your money. That's not what we're doing. At the moment, we're putting in offers to correct the market or to make the money that, you know, to get the returns that we want to get. And number two, we are making sure that we double down our investments. We make sure our investments are making money right now and that they can weather the next five years. That is it. That's what we're going to be doing. There's no panicking in that. There's no getting upset in that. All is good. The market will change and it always will change. So if you can't handle the fluctuations, I don't know why you're investing in property. Simple as. Um, So there we go. My tip to you, commercial property investors, keep putting in offers to change the market. 
please. <laughs> Next up, did you see Daily Mail, the Daily Mail breaking tax break news on residential property? That's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Um, I know, it's the Daily Mail. But an article in the Daily Mail came out last week that suggested the government wants to change incentives to get more first-time buyers on the housing ladder. So what do they propose? Cutting stamp duty land tax for the elderly to downsize. Number two, cutting capital gains tax for landlords who want to sell to first-time buyers. Hmm, I'm not really sure that either of these solutions are the way forward. If an elderly person downsizes, they should probably have more money in the bank to pay for the stamp duty land tax because it's assumed that the house they're moving to would be cheaper. Um, and so I don't think that stamp duty land tax is going to be the thing that puts them off moving. And for landlords, why would they sell if they're making a good profit? It's cheaper to keep a property than to sell and go again, especially if they purchased years ago before the additional 3% came in. Right. So I can't see why this would be um, a massive incentive, maybe to a handful of landlords, but certainly, I don't know, not for me, folks. Um, so I think there needs to be more incentives. I think the government needs to come up with something more innovative, such as help with moving costs for the elderly and helping them relocate to places with good infrastructure, amenities, things that they like to do, and most importantly, where their friends and family are so they're not isolated. And with amenities, you know, access to healthcare, access to buses, access to transport, access to things that they enjoy doing, eating out, um, whatever it is that you, they want to do. Um, so that needs help. And also, then what do they do with their stuff from these larger houses? That's a lifetime's worth of things that have been accumulated. I mean, flippantly, I suggested government-owned storage, perhaps? Basically, the move has to be seamless and in no way for the benefit of anyone else but the person moving. And that's right, government, no benefit to you. Otherwise, I can't see the scheme being taken up. You have to make people feel safe and secure. And if you have been in a house for a long time, you feel safe and secure there. That's your home. That's the place that you love. You've done it up to your standard. You've put your things in it. That's your safe place. So if you're then being asked to move just to save a little bit of stamp duty land tax, mm, I mean, what? How much would you really be saving? A couple of thousand pounds? Would you move out of your nice, lovely home for that? I'm not sure. So something else has to be has to be uh, thought of and why not go to where elderly people are and survey them what would they actually like you know go to your townswomen's girls your women's institutes your I don't know national trust holidays any other places that I could think of you know where elderly people go when you're retired what do you like to do um Go and survey the population and find out what they would actually want. If you're desperate for their houses, you have to find what they want because they have worked their whole lives to be there. And so they've probably got, you know, mortgage-free homes. They are spending a huge amount of money on electricity and things. Actually, light bulb moment. Just 
pay for their electricity and gas and water, all their utilities, make, make the utilities free for them. And if they downsize, why not offer them that? I don't know. Just basically go find out what they want rather than assuming what they want, because I'm sure that a couple of thousand pounds isn't going to make a huge amount of difference. It's my take. I'm in my 30s. I'm not elderly. I'm not trying to downsize right now, but I would think that um, if I was elderly and I was being asked to downsize from my lovely big home, I'm going to want more than a couple of thousand pounds in stamp duty savings. Just my take. Um, And then (laughs) I also have thoughts about how will all of this be managed? How do you know whether you're truly selling to a first-time homeowner or not? What will the classification be? Will there be a registry? And when I mean classification, what counts as a first-time buyer? Does it mean that you had a home, you couldn't afford a home, you're back in rental accommodation, then you're buying again? What is first-time buyer? Would first-time buyers even be able to afford the property that the government want to come to the market, right? You know, if you're asking an elderly person to move out of a five-bedroom house, can a first-time buyer afford that? I don't know. I don't know what first-time buyers have access to or don't have access to, but it seems to be clutching at straws. Um, And so I wonder if the government needs to take the approach that they did with businesses during the pandemic. So you know where they were giving out bounce back loans, we've had the recovery loan scheme and that's been fantastic, don't get me wrong, it's been a great scheme. How about first time housing loans? Not these ridiculous ones, which are so convoluted that they're so hard to get out of, right? The shared housing, which is, or shared ownership, which is horrendous. Um, The government tops up 20% to give you a 95% mortgage. You know, all of these strange schemes that ultimately um, no one understands and they find it very hard to get out of. How about the government loans 100% of the value of the property and also guarantees the loan? And the interest paid by the buyers will then go into a pot that supports any defaults in mortgage payments, right? So the government doesn't use that that interest to just pay for ridiculous things left, right and center. Um, You know, Boris Johnson wants a new kitchen or what have you, and these interests are paying for that. No, how about it just goes into a pot that if at any point these first time buyers default, the government goes in repossesses the house and uses the pot of interest to um, recoup any of the losses. Why not that? And then after two to five years, it will then be mandatory for these borrowers to move over to high street banks or traditional mortgage lenders. If they can't afford to do this, then they have to sell the house and repay the loan. How about that? Because one of the big things that I see first-time buyers complaining about is those people who have been helped by their parents or, I don't know, some magic money tree somewhere. And the fact that no saving has to go into it. So, okay, well, let's see if you can be trusted with those loans then. Right. You know, if you can afford to service a 100% loan and the government backs it, then let's see how that works. I don't know. Again, that's me thinking outside of the box. It's just the things that this government comes up with are so small. And I just don't think they're going to move the needle in any way, shape or form. If you want to do something big, like get everybody on the housing ladder, right? That's what you want to do. Give them the money to do it. Surely. 
surely. Obviously, you're going to have to put checks in place, you know, that we will only lend this to you if you're earning X amount of money. I get it, right? But then they don't have to have any collateral in the bank. So then it doesn't need to be any equity. I mean, it's highly risky, highly risky. But if you want to do something about it, why not do that? You really want to help, why not do that? <laughs> That's my thought process. Um, or come up with something else. It's not, you know, maybe one day I need to be housing minister. Maybe I'm coming for that job because, I mean, it's all very well changing around tax, right? But I just don't think it goes far enough because I just don't think it's a, don't think it's enough to get people to move in the way that they want to. What are your thoughts? Let me know. Natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. What do you reckon? Am I being too harsh? I don't know. And then finally, I wanted to just quickly note the changes to the community infrastructure levy to the infrastructure levy under the leveling up and regeneration bill. Watch the space. There's a lot of people doing development at the moment. I don't know why you're doing development when you can't accurately um, quote for works I know that renovations are absolutely fine I get it Um, but if you're doing a full scale demolish the building and put it back up there's a lot of risk in that right now but if you remember the idea behind the community infrastructure levy the SIL SIL (laughs) was to raise money for the development of infrastructure in the in the area that development was taking place however it wasn't enforced in every area And there were varying rates, and ultimately, it didn't work well. So the government have dropped the sea, and they're trying again with the infrastructure levy. This time, the levy will apply to all developments, and it has been suggested that it will be a percentage of the land value uplift, although this hasn't yet been agreed. Each council will be able to set the percentage that they charge, and so again, it will vary from area to area. But the hope is that councils can raise some money to go towards affordable housing and generally cheering up areas which are in need of regeneration. So watch this space. Um, If you're applying for planning permission and you are looking at how much your community infrastructure levy is going to be, it might now be the infrastructure levy. Just watch out for it. I don't know any more than that. I was just reading into the levelling up a regeneration bill. Could be mean anything. Leveling up, leveling up. I think I'm not a fan of that. I think I've said that so much on this podcast. I hate the term leveling up. Where did they get it from? What are we leveling up? I don't know. I'll leave you to puzzle over it. So there we have it. This week's podcast. I'll leave you on that that riddle, that riddle of what it means and where they got it from. Probably at one of those party gate parties during COVID. They were drunk and they thought, mm, what can we think of leveling up? Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening to me this far. Um, if you want to email me about your thoughts on this podcast, please do. I like hearing them. Natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. Thank you for listening to me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.